The Florida Gators played an ugly game on Saturday against Samford. Today, we'll take a look at some tendencies from new defensive coordinator Christian Robinson. We'll talk about the upcoming Reese's senior role in Florida Gators that may be in there and the women's basketball game against Swafford, which happened on Monday afternoon, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Getting right into it, we're talking about Christian Robinson as a defensive coordinator, because as you all probably know by now, uh, after the South Carolina drubbing um, of Florida, Defensive coordinator for the Florida Gators, Todd Grantham, got fired the day after. Then, Christian Robinson, who at the time was a linebacker's coach, got promoted to defensive coordinator for the remainder of the season, or at least he's, he's the play caller for the remainder of the season. And so he got to call plays for the first time in his coaching career, which is great for him. Yeah, dope. Awesome. Um, and we got to see the game. And of course, Samford put up 52 points. They put up 40 two in the first half which was the most points that florida had ever allowed in the first half of any game and it i believe tied the record for points scored against florida by an fcs foe which is dope just so cool but like i said at least in the second half there were there were changes there were adjustments made and that was a big positive considering that's not something we saw a lot of with todd grantham but looking at some of the tendencies again this is very uh very much a take it with a grain of salt kind of thing because one, Jeremiah Moon, who was certainly a big part of the game going into the game, uh, got hurt on the fourth play in which Sanford scored a touchdown. So that was cool. But uh, Jeremiah Moon got hurt. So I'm sure that adjusted the game plan at least a little bit or probably hurt the game plan a bit. And, you know, it, it was Christian Robinson's first game as a defensive coordinator. So take it with a grain of salt because we have no idea. He's probably just trying to find his bearings at this point. But he got um, a little creative with certain things, such as Zachary Carter, who's a defensive end, defensive tackle hybrid for Florida. Um, he, prior to the Samford game in his career, had two snaps in coverage in in his entire career before the Samford game. Going and in the Samford game, Zach Carter had four coverage snaps in that one game. There were no targets or receptions wherever Zach Carter was in coverage. But, so, I, I, yeah, he wasn't beaten coverage. So you could be like, oh, well, I mean, hey, it worked. No harm, no foul. However, Zachary Carter is also, I don't even think arguably, the best pass rusher on this Florida Gators team. So to take him off the line or off the rush and put him in coverage, Kind of questionable, I'll say. Like I, I get it. I'm, I'm so for defensive linemen getting involved and dropping back every now and then because it, it creates new looks and it can confuse quarterbacks thinking that they have an open underneath man and then a defensive lineman pops up and it's like, oh, God, what do I do here? So I get it. But I don't think that the player you take off the field or take it out of the play at that point should be your best pass rusher. Should be the guy that led your team in sacks last year. Should be the guy that's leading your team in sacks this year. I don't think that's a... 
I don't think that's a very sound argument <laughs> or a sound strategy to drop Zachary Carter back in coverage. He's also, I mean, he, he didn't do terrible, but I think it would have been better to have him on the field rushing the passer because that's what he's best at. And I mean, looking at coverage in general, Florida played 45% of their cover snaps in zone, which is, I mean, not, not a huge difference from Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham was more zone than anything else, but 45% in zone, understandable. Um, that's, that, that's, that's solid. So that, that, that's fine. That's nothing new or, but it's, it's something to keep an eye on, especially because they kept getting beat. So not great. Princely, I, I dread every, like I'm going into this recording. I was like, okay, okay, okay. This is how I say, this is how I say. Princely Uman Milan had played 23 snaps, the fourth most of the season. I don't know if that has something to do with Jeremiah Moon getting injured. Because uh, again, Jeremiah Moon got injured in the fourth play. And in those four plays that Jeremiah Moon played, two were against the run, and then two were pass rushing. So he hadn't dropped in the coverage yet. He was playing outside linebacker on Saturday. So maybe he was going to be rushing the passer a lot more. And that's why Princely came in for Jeremiah Moon. Or maybe Princely was just always in the cards as someone that's supposed to play a significant amount on Saturday against Sanford. But I, I don't know if that was a plan, but he played 23 snaps, which is his fourth most of the season. Javon Dexter, defensive tackle extraordinaire, who's been having a great year so far, played the most snaps of his career by a huge margin. He played 66 snaps. I believe the most before that was 46. So he played the most significant playing time he's ever played at a good game. So then I get that part of it, it was probably because Daquan Newkirk was out and did not play. He was in walking boot. But at the same time, Antonio Valentino played a lot. Tyron Truesdale played a lot. Jalen Lee played a lot. Javon Dexter was on the field for 66 of the 85 defensive snaps the Florida Gators played. He was up there with the most snaps played up there. He wasn't number one, but he was, he was up there with the most snaps played by any Gator defensive player. We also saw less defensive blitz or less defensive back blitzes on Saturday against Sanford because usually we'll see Jadarius Perkins, Rashad Torrance, the second or trading the third rush at least once, twice, maybe three times. If you look at the Alabama game, Trey Dean rushed the passer five times. I'm sure he was scheduled to blitz more and it just happened to be a run play. So it's obviously not necessarily a blitz because it's nearly impossible to tell if it was a blitz or just reacting to the run, but Trey Dean, who's had games where he's rushed five times before. Jadarius Perkins, who had success rushing the passer off the safety or off the star slot, did not rush. None of them blitzed. We had uh, Kyrie Elam had a blitz, and Avery Helm, I believe, was the other corner that had a blitz attempt. But nothing from the safeties or Jadarius Perkins playing the star. So that's something to note, at least where it looks like with Christian Robinson, we're going to see more linebacker blitzes and the occasional corner blitz, but not a ton of safety blitzes. So, I mean, that, that, that's something that's pretty significant because it's weird that safeties didn't blitz when usually a safety blitzing is what gives up a big play. But Florida just gave them up for, for free. It was charity big plays in Florida or Sanford on both sides. So it's interesting. I'm interested to see how Christian Robinson approaches Saturday's game because Missouri is not as good a passing team, but they got Tyler Beatty coming back and Tyler Beatty, pretty good running back. So it'd be interesting to see how they handle that. But I mean, I, those are just the tendencies that we saw in the first game again. So it's all taken it with a grain of salt. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about prize picks? 
Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB when they're in season, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks offers more college sports props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, like Colin Castleton, and all the players of the smaller schools, like Bryce Mitchell, who plays football for Toledo. And I'm going to keep mentioning Toledo players. Deal with it. Prospects allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on Colin Castleton's blocks, which you should do because the man is a monster, with the under on Amory Jones' interceptions, which is up and down in the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prospects.com or Go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Now we're going to take a look at Florida in the Senior Bowl for this coming year. Of course, in the past, we've seen guys go to the Senior Bowl like Kadarius Toney. Um, Kyle Trask was supposed to be there, but the ankle injury kept him out, so he didn't get to go. We saw LaMichael Piran there two years ago. We saw Tyree Cleveland there two years ago. It, it was the Gators have been making a presence in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, which is great because the Senior Bowl, of course, has usually every team there, maybe 31 of 32 teams at the Senior Bowl, make, making their final rounds for scouting before the combine and all that fun stuff. And Zachary Carter, uh, if you don't know, Senior Bowl invites are just, or Senior Bowl accepted invites are just coming out this week. Zachary Carter yesterday announced that he has accepted his invite, so he will be traveling to Mobile, should he be healthy. He will be traveling to Mobile to play in the Senior Bowl, which is great. And I spoke to Jim Nagy, who's the director of the Senior Bowl, and I spoke to Jim Nagy, and he told me uh, that Zachary Carter will be working out at both defensive end and defensive tackle that week in Mobile. So that's going to be awesome to see him work around because he's always been the guy where we've said, hey, in the NFL – He's probably going to be that hybrid kind of guy where he'll play end, he'll play D-tackle, depending on the situation. So it's great to see that when he's got NFL coaching, which we don't know who the coaches are because it's usually the worst two teams in the league, but when we see NFL coaching there, they'll get to see him working multiple roles against other soon-to-be NFL players. The Senior Bowl puts a ton of players into the NFL every year. So Zachary Carter is going to get to show out against what seems like an already stacked Senior Bowl roster. It's the most excited I've been for a Senior Bowl. And I, I know that. I know there's also at least one more Gator in the initial round of invites when I spoke to Jim Nagy. He told me that there were I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say more than that, but I, I can tell you that there's at least one more gator in the initial round of invites. And it's also important to know that they don't invite the whole senior bowl roster at all at once. That's that's not how it works. There's a lot of guys that go. And a lot of guys don't get invited right away. And there's people that decline invites for whatever reason, health, think their draft stock's good enough, which is what happened with Joe Burrow, but Justin Herbert showed up. So things like that, where people decline, people accept, whatever. And there's more invites that go on throughout the year. And it's also that we could have players that have been invited, obviously not the Florida Gators at this point, but where coaches don't tell the players yet because they they get delivered to the coaches and the coaches decide the time and place and how they're going to tell the players that they've been invited to the senior bowl. So we don't know how Dan Mullen did it, but Dan Mullen has given out the Florida invites, at least Zachary Carter's, which I don't know why he'd give out one and not the other. So Dan Mullen has given out the Florida invites. Zachary Carter has accepted his invite. So we know that we will at least have that one Florida Gator in Mobile for that. That's awesome. I would 
assume maybe Jeremiah Moon gets it. Jeremiah Moon was, I believe, the first senior bowl acceptance in the, for the 2021 senior bowl, but of course he went back to school, so he obviously had to then decline. Uh, but we could see Trey Dean get an invite. Damian Pierce could get an invite. Kimori Gamble could get an invite. Justin Shorter should be eligible as well. He's a transfer player. He's technically a redshirt junior right now, but as long as you've graduated, you are eligible for the senior bowl. So Justin Shorter could be an invite. We could see a few guys. If Amory were to declare, he's probably going to be draft out. He's probably going to be graduated. So he'd be senior bowl eligible at that point. There's a lot of guys. And there's, that's the thing with the senior bowl is like, we don't know what the graduation status is of a lot of these players. So we can't make assumptions for the underclassmen, but for seniors, we, we can make that assumption for at least a good deal of them. But the senior role, yeah, with Trey Dean possibly going, I, I would think Trey Dean sees an invite, especially with his increased play this year. I would think Kamori Gamble sees an invite because I don't think that the senior tight end class is good enough to keep him out of it. Damian Pierce is the one that I'm most worried about not making it. I, I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday, but I tweeted about this where Damian Pierce worries me that he won't get an all-star game invite to the senior bowl, shrine game, college gridiron showcase, whatever it may be. Um, but I think he's certainly deserving, but just he has not a ton of production because he's not getting carries. And he, that he there's just not a ton of tape on him because he's not getting carries. So I don't know if he's someone who will get an invite, although I'm still vehemently confident that when he gets an opportunity in the NFL, he will succeed. So I'm not super worried about him making it to the league. I'm just a little worried slash annoyed that he might not get a, an all-star game invite, which understandable, but again, and I mean, the running back class this year, so good. So it's very possible that he doesn't see an invite to the game because others are, and that's, that's fine. I'm still confident that when he gets there, He'll succeed. No doubt in my mind. Kamari Gamble, I, I I think he'll be there. Like I said, like I don't think the tight end class is good enough to keep I don't think the senior tight end class is good enough to keep him out of the running for senior role. So I wouldn't be shocked if he made it. Uh there could be linemen coming in, offensive linemen coming in. We could see Antonio Valentino getting an invite. We could see Daquan Newkirk getting an invite. There's a lot of people that could be invited. Uh Mohammed Diabadi could get an invite. There's a lot of people that could get invited. There's also a lot of guys that will get invited and will go back to school and then invites will be sent out again or people who just, again, like I said, they don't invite the whole roster right now. They invite their tier one guys and then they move on to tier two. So it, it's not like all the invites have been sent out at this point. They've said first batch of senior role invites are going out now. So, it, it, you know, things could change a lot and I wouldn't worry about it, but all we know for a fact is that Zachary Carter has accepted his invite to go to Mobile in late January 2022 now. That's going to be a pain to, <laughs> to get into while talking. But uh, yeah, gen late January 2022, the Senior Bowl is on February 5th, 2022 in Mobile, Alabama. If you're a fan of any of these teams or you're a fan of the draft, you can go. It is free to watch the practices. You have to pay to go to the game, but you can show up to the practices and it's free to go. There's a little section for fans to sit at. Totally fine. You could watch the live practices. You could see them get coached by NFL player by NFL coaches. You could see NFL front office members and coaches there. It's, it's an awesome experience in Mobile. I don't know what they're going to have as like their extracurriculars this year, but I know two years ago they had this huge parade, and obviously they didn't do that in 2021 because of COVID. But it, it's just I'm just letting you know it's pretty cool. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. 
If you sink it, the championship is yours. I know I've been playing PGA Tour 2K21. I get it. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Or in my case, my cat climbs in front of my TV and covers the meter. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for our special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That is netsuite.com slash NCAA. I don't know about you guys, but with football season here, men's basketball season here, women's basketball season here, NBA season here, I am constantly reminded of just really how, how much better shape all those athletes are in. That makes me hate myself. Um, so I've committed to eating Built Bar as my snack instead of other sugar-filled snacks. Like, uh, I, I shouldn't name them. I shouldn't name them, but like York patties I eat quite a bit of. <laughs> like Reese's, Skittles, Sour Patch Kids. I, I like sweets. I'm sorry. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market, though. If you've got a sweet tooth like me, but you're trying to eat healthy, that's no longer a problem. Bilt Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and most importantly, high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Bilt Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BiltBar.com. Now looking at the Gators women's basketball season so far because, of course, they are now, well, I mean, we looked at the season yesterday, but then we're going to talk about the Wofford game, which happened yesterday. Happened Monday while I was recording yesterday's episode. Sheesh! <laughs> Gators women's basketball is now 2-2 two and two to start the season after a 1-2 and two trip to the preseason WNIT. Of course, they won on opening night, and then they dropped the first two during the preseason WNIT to Towson and then NC State, and then they beat Wofford on Monday afternoon. The top three players on the team so far have been Kiara Smith or Kiki Smith, whichever one you want to call her. She's averaging 15 points per game, 4.8 rebounds per game, two assists per game, two steals per game. And on Monday against Wofford, she led the team in points, rebounds, and assists. She had a fantastic game, just limitless energy from her. Then we have Lavender Briggs, 11 points per game, 5.5 rebounds per game, and two assists per game. Followed by Jordan Merritt, 12 points per game, 5.7 rebounds per game, 2.3 assists per game. I realize that it's weird to have the person with higher points, rebounds, and assists behind Lavender Briggs, but I just feel like Jordan Merritt hasn't done it as consistently. I feel like Lavender Briggs has kind of, and also just like the non-stat sheet stuffing things. I feel like Lavender Briggs has just been better. Uh, this is, I mean, the most invested I've ever been in this women's basketball team. So I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on everything with Lavender Briggs. I just feel like has been a better player overall than producer, which is fine by me because you need the people that are going to do that. Like, look at, look at Faith Dude. Faith Dude is not a scorer by any stretch of the imagination, although she'd probably be pretty solid because, I mean, if you look at the Wofford game, Faith Dude is six foot four. The tallest player on Wofford, they had a four-way tie at six foot one. So Faith Dude probably could probably could make some stuff happen in the post. Uh, she didn't really try to, which is fair. She's more of the defensive type. Uh, 
I mean, for the, I'm assuming people that, uh, that watch the NBA Tyson Chandler type, if that helps. Um, sorry, I genuinely don't watch enough of the WNBA to give you a woman's comparison, but the, the faith dude, Tyson Chandler, basically for the Florida Gators. So that's dope. Uh, Nina Rickards is also there as a contributor. She's started the last two games, uh, after coming off the bench in the first two, because again, through four games, the Florida Gators women's basketball team has had four different lineups, and I've, I've expressed my issues with that, that uh, I, I don't think it's super smart to continue changing your lineup because how are you really going to find what works if you give it one game and then rotate out? And, hey, maybe the plan is literally every game try a different lineup, but uh, you're eventually going to run out of lineup combinations that are suitable for your team. But, I mean, either way, you know Kiki Smith is going to play. You know, Lavender Briggs, or you know, Kiki Smith and Lavender Briggs are going to start. Jordan Merritt came off the bench the other day. Faith Dute and Nina Rickards, whether or not they start or come off the bench, they're going to play significant time. So, uh, Floor Tunders, going to play significant time. So, we know things like that. Zippy Brown's probably going to play significant time for the most part. So, we know that, and Manu G. Oliveira, going to play significant time. So, we know that, but. It's a matter of, I mean, we've, we've got the nucleus set up. Like we know the generally eight or nine players that are probably going to play. I think I might have actually just named 10 that are probably going to play significant time every game. I think it's just a matter of maybe the plan for Coach Finley is to find out who is going to be the best bench rotation that's not going to shoot us in the foot because that has kind of shot us in the foot before. But I think if that's the point, then Nina Rickard should probably be on the bench. I think she'd be the best scorer we can put on the bench, and we can justify being on the bench. So I think there's that. But, you know, the Wofford game is easily the best of the Florida Gators women's basketball team season so far. It was dominant. Their first quarter was good, which is great because uh, the first quarter has been pretty bad, I believe, against Georgia State. They went down 14-12. And then against uh, Towson, they went down 37-20. And then I forgot the NC State score, but it was a lot to a little. I think it was like like 35-15 or 32-15 maybe. So it's been rough to start, but during this first quarter, Florida Gators women beat down Wofford. Wofford went up one nothing to start the game. That was the only lead that they had, and that was the biggest lead that they had because then Florida went up 2-1, and Florida just carried it throughout the remainder of the se- throughout the remainder of the game and Florida at one point had a lead of 14 points it, it was just it was a great game for Florida uh, all around defensive was better than it's been offense was better than it's been shots were finally falling better than they did before so Florida Gators women's basketball team looks like it's finally putting things together and I can't wait because they played grambling this week and I'm very excited for that Thank you for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. Don't miss out tomorrow where it's prediction time for Florida versus Missouri. Now make your second listen, Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with whole9sports.com. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.